part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Oh, thank Ooh, I brought that music God down faster than God for spreadable butter. Am I right? Yeah. Sorry for the sorry for pulling the music down so fast, but on the bright side. I was expecting a slower crescendo personally, but that's why I said, "Oh, because I figured it was going to fade, but then it faded really quick. Suddenly I was the big thing. But spreadable butter. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Listen, guys, I don't know how to describe how nice it is after months of trying to spread cold regular butter onto toast or onto bread and then like raw right. bread and, and then you're, you're going to do You a are sincerely sandwich. saying you don't know how nice it is. You don't know how nice it is after that to open up a new, like I actually looked, the truth is there's more of the other kind still in my fridge, but I saw of regular hard there was butter. Spreadable, it says spreadable on it and I was like, we'll see about we'll this. We'll find out. And Luke does our grocery shopping. So he's the one that, he's the one who bought it. Podcast Ninja, shout out. So I popped the lid off, opened it, and as soon as that knife hit the top of it, like you there's that like, little butter belly button in the middle, uh-huh, I pulled the, I, that out. I actually have to scrape around it because it looks so much like a belly button that it makes me uncomfortable to put my knife in it. I did. I went right in for the belly button, <laughs> scraped it out, and it that just... little butter outie. It just went... And then I spread it across the bread, and I said... Did it spread like butter? Oh, my goodness. This is so <laughs> nice. And the kids and were you like, actually what? had to text your husband. Actually, I said it three times before I texted him. Yeah, she was way overboard on the text. It was like, thank you for this. Seriously, thank you. Because I have a feeling that there was, he could have potentially read it He could have thought it was sarcastic. Yeah. I, I make five or six, you know, grilled cheese sandwiches every time I make them, which is several times a week, mm-hmm. usually. And so it's, grilled cheese is a staple. That's like what twelve pieces of bread that I have to butter. Yeah, and it just is so it just, annoying. It, it it's just a drain on your soul There's and your joy. There's nothing worse than trying to spread it and having a hole get ripped in the middle, and then you spread butter on your own finger. On your fingers, right? Yeah, it's just so bad. I usually just throw. I've been throwing the butter into the pan directly instead of trying to butter the bread. But then you have to use a lot. Well, you understand that to, in order to make the butter spreadable, they must do something chemically to it to um, they Keep just from being, they add canola oil to it, so they mix it with canola oil, so it's looser. It's a looser butter. Yeah, it's not great for you, but it's also not it's not an but it artificial. <laughs> but it spreads. <laughs> it sure does spread. Who cares so, what's in it? Who cares? Who cares how they make it? As long as it's convenient. So I wanted to mention something else related to food too. Okay. I don't know if I told you this already, but it's it kind of will transition us into, into what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So Are we going to get to use our sound effects today? Probably not. Shoot. Okay, go ahead. You can, I mean, yeah. They're the same sound effects from last season. We didn't update them, so. Um, the other day, I had my niece, well, it was just because I love you day, so it was Wednesday, and all of my nieces and nephews were at my house, and um, Luke had left out his package of deer jerky mm-hmm. he had made, and the kids Which love it. It is delicious. Yeah. Kids really love it, but it was also like right after lunch and everybody was supposed to be getting ready for nap and they hadn't eaten their lunch and they kept like the toddlers specifically who are actually preschoolers now, they're going to be four this year. They were like digging hands into the deer jerky instead of going where they were told to go to their beds. So Marcy specifically, Marcy is my sister Tabby's It's daughter. often Marcy. It's always Marcy. Yeah. Not always, but it's I didn't often. Wanna, I didn't want to say always, but uh, I was trying to be charitable. Like this are usually Marcy because my kids get me and my you know processes all the time, so they don't test me as much. But Marcy is not around as frequently. She's around, and Marcy's very strong-willed. Two days a week, she's here, and and what's funny about her is that she knows because we've run into each other a lot. But uh-huh. she also does have to test; it's in her nature. She sure. has to. So I said, Marcy, no, stop. Quit and she's like moving toward the deer jerky with her hands out. She's stuffing her whole big pudgy fist into the deer mm-hmm. jerky bag, and I'm like, "Stop! Drop it! 
drop it. Like, and she keeps going. So she's got this big handful. A big handful of jerky. Pulls it out. Like stuff is falling. Flakes of deer jerky are now falling on the floor. And she's like panicking. So she's shaking and, and, you know, reaching even faster. And I'm like, put it down. Put it down. And so I'm walking toward her and I grab her hand that has the deer jerky in it. But not before she quick grabs a piece of it with the other hand. So now she's got just a single piece and I've got the handful. You've got a handful of, of preschool sized handful of yes. deer jerky. Yes. And, and I'm she has still a saying piece. to her, put it down. You're not going to eat it. I said, no, stop, stop. And I'm like, Marceline. And she pops it in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> doing the old, doing the thing that all toddlers and preschoolers do thinking if I can just get it in fast enough. <laughs> Then I'm safe. And so I'm, I'm home for that. Is how I ended up squeezing her cheeks and <laughs> popping a piece of deer jerky out of her mouth. And what's funny is she said to me, as "Does that work? It, like if you squeeze? Yes, it opens her mouth. You squeeze their cheeks, it opens their lips, and then you can <laughs> scrape it out with your index finger. I have done which this. is wounded. I've now. done this for many things: yep. fruit snacks, M and M's. That was the first time for a piece of deer jerky. But uh, but she says she to me, swept it out as over. I'm doing it, she goes, but. It's already wet. <laughs> right. That's the reasoning. If I can just put it in my mouth, it's irretrievable. It's they're not They're not going to go and get it right out of my mouth after oh, it's already wet. Yes, they will. This, this one will. This mm -hmm. ant will. And so um, I'm bringing that up because... It's a lesson learned, Marceline. There are many people in the world, some in our own family, who would ask... Why would you make such a big deal out of a tiny piece of Why are you being so petty? Right. Why, why it's a, are you... just a piece of deer jerky. Bickering out of something so small. Why are you? It's yeah. just a piece of deer jerky. What's the big deal? Well, so in my, in my world and in my reasoning, things that are true or things that are right, I should say, is, is more important. It's more important to be right than to be peaceable. It's more important that you teach lessons and, and stand on principles than that you let things go that would be what we'd call sin. Well, it would be violations of those principles. Should I pause or do you want to just talk to Carl while I go find out why my son is screaming? I can talk to Carl for a minute while she's, she's going to go. And mom, as you know, Carl, if this is your first episode... If this is not your first episode, you're used to this. If this is your first episode, you're like, what in the world are you doing? He's walking, she's walking away from the microphone because there's a child in the room? Yeah. Uh, when we say that we're at the kitchen table, we are literally at a table. It's a dining room table. But yes, life happens all around us in this podcast. And it's the only way that we ever get it done. If we were to wait for a moment when it would be convenient and quiet to record a podcast, we would never record a podcast. So the only reason that you're listening to this is because we are in the midst of turmoil and upheaval. That is a family with four children, uh, homeschooling and nap time, lunchtime, spreadable butter, uh, muddy shoes. It's all part of this experience. I don't think he's going to sleep today. And she's back already. I didn't, I didn't expect you to be gone. Well, he's supposed to be in bed, so it was a matter of saying, go back to bed. Mm -hmm. And Well, he forgot his tar. His car, yeah. Sorry, so you were going to say something about uh, it's more important to stand on principle than it is to be peaceable. Right. And and I am not, like, I know the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. but it's It does say that. It's important for me to point out that just because I'm the one who pulled the jerky out of the, the baby's mouth does not mean I'm the one that was making a big deal out of it. That's right. You were not being, that was how peacekeepers operate. <laughs> the, the toddler slash preschooler is the one who decided to make a big deal out of the deer jerky. Right. And I'm the one who just followed the child's lead, I guess, in a matter of speaking. I was like, you know, this is the rule. You can choose to, to obey the rule and then you, we won't have to fight. You met her aggression with an equal level of aggression. <laughs> Right, but since you decided to cross the line, now I have to do this as a person who values right. long-term peace in the house. I right. know what happens when you let a, a kid do this. And I, I bring it up because... Because we do it all the time as grown-ups with each other. Pacifying? Yes. Agreeing? We, we pacify and we agree with people who we don't really 
agree with. We, we agree with jerks and we, we throw up our hands and we let it go and we say, oh, I don't want to be petty. I don't want to make a big deal out of this because that would make me petty. Right. And I do not wish to be petty. Therefore, I will back down from this thing and allow this other person to... To be a tyrant. To, to shovel handfuls of <laughs> deer, deer jerky. jerky into their mouth, <laughs> right. even though I've explicitly said that they shouldn't. Even though they've had enough. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, just specifically, you brought up um, uh, Ka- the Caitlyn Jenner quote. I did. Are you going to let us talk about Caitlyn Jenner? Just briefly, because okay. we also have other things. That's to so get nice to. of you. Thank you it's, for letting us. Talk I'm feeling about. so good because of the spreadable butter that I'm going to throw you a bone. <laughs> thanks, Luke, for the spreadable <laughs> butter because we could talk about what I want to talk about on the podcast. You talked about the the quote that people keep sharing: conservatives who supposedly don't believe that transgenderism is even a thing. Right. The t- the same conservatives who when. Caitlyn Jenner appeared on the cover of Vanity Fair magazine. We're like, this is outrageous. We have got to stop feeding into this delusion. This person needs our help. Now that same person is sounding off on trans women participating in female sports. Right. And she is saying. No, he is saying. He is saying. Yeah, (laughs) it's, it's so hard for me to keep it straight. He is saying. Jenner is saying about this uh, male swimmer who is identifying as a female so that he can participate in the Penn State or uh, University of Pennsylvania swim team. Caitlin is now saying, well, she was born a biological boy. She has bigger hands. She has a more her robust... Her lungs are bigger. Yeah, cardiovascular system. She can her, swim her, faster. Her lungs are bigger. Right. And the conservatives are like... Yeah, you go, Caitlin. You're you're singing from our page now. Absolutely. This is right. And I suggested on the Fox News group, I said, you guys, Caitlin Jenner is not the person that we should be listening to or, or we shouldn't be allowing him to quote uh, or to sound off on this uh, position. Well, She's disqualified from talking about it. Specifically to use that quote, to specifically share that quote on your page is to agree with That quote, and that quote specifically, no less than a dozen times, refers to men as she, her. It it uses the wrong pronoun six times times. in that quote. And the conservatives are like, well, you're just being petty. Right. It's it's not a big deal. You're just just being petty. This is an ally of ours. This is a a potential ally. And when you you disregard what Caitlyn Jenner is saying because of your petty... uh, your petty stance on pronouns and what right. they mean, well, then you're you're causing division. That's right. what that's what happened. you're being petty, and it's causing division in the country. Right. And all I said is, it's amazing how quickly we lose sight of what's really important when we allow ourselves to be influenced by emotional children. Right. Well, it's also amazing how quickly we get blamed for being the cause of division when I'm, I'm not the one who's trying to convince everybody that I'm a chick. You know, the person who's the person who's trying to why (laughs) because the kids are fighting (laughs) and we're back (laughs) somebody stopped the recorder instead of pausing Uh, that would have been me i i stopped the recorder but the important point i was making before i blew up the podcast was that i am not the one that is causing division the division is a thing that exists uh already I'm not right. I'm not making the division I'm not even making the division worse by right. just um, standing on truth on a principle yeah you have convictions you have values you have a stance and that's why I brought up Marcy because again I know there are other you know people out there when it comes to dealing with children who are like oh I just I want us to have a better relationship than I had with my mom or right. you know I, I want and what, her, and what do they mean when they say that what they mean is that grandma is afraid to you know take a stand with the toddler because they want they want to well that's not peace. what they that's not what they mean what they what they that's that's what they're saying but what they mean is I want to uh, I, I want to not fight I want there to be the appearance of agreement. If, even if that means that I will compromise my convictions. Right. Well, it really means they don't have any convictions. Usually the people who are the most interested in keeping peace only have the conviction that peace should be kept. They don't have any other beliefs. They don't have any other... Correct. They don't have anything else they're willing to stand up for. Correct. But, but they will 
they will raise quite a fuss when people are not getting along with each other and they will elevate their the idea of unity or agreeableness to to that is the most important thing that can happen in people the most important thing is for us to be getting along quote unquote and that's why you're being petty because right. you you haven't made agreement the number one priority like i have right. and so if we're fighting with each other it's because i it's because you're fighting against my most noble cause which is getting along with each other and right. you're being And I said, I'm used to this from women. I'm used to this from grandmothers or mothers who want to do gentle parenting or, you know, whatever. I'm used to, I'm used to women wanting to keep the peace by appeasing, pacifying their children. But it's especially gross to me when it's a man, a conservative man. That's a little sexist, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's because I think that men are supposed to be leaders and I think that, that their families depend on them to actually give a care about certain things. Supposed to have some principles? They're supposed to have some principles beyond just, oh, just keep everybody quiet. Just everybody, keep everybody just get along. And so when I say things like, yeah, it's amazing how we can we conservatives will eventually compromise and compromise and compromise until it's no longer a good thing. We've compromised all of our convictions and we're now agreeing with things that a year ago we wouldn't have agreed with. Like, you can't refer to a man as she or her. Right. We're now sharing quotes that refer to men as she and her right. because we think we're somehow agreeing with just a part of well, that Well, the quote. person who was pushing back on you was saying, why, why you're being petty because because Caitlyn Jenner is agreeing that men should not participate in women's sports. Right. But that's not what Caitlyn Jenner said. He, that, that guy was actually putting words well, in what he Caitlyn's was, mouth. What he was saying was, Jenner says that people who are born as men shouldn't compete in women's sports. And I said, that's not what he said. He that's said not what he said. She was born a male and right. her hands are bigger. And that's referring to men as females. Right. And so, yeah, you're, you're actually twisting the quote in order to find ways to agree with it. And right. that I've seen that get done by grandmothers and mothers when it comes to toddlers too. Oh, yep. well, why can't you just get along? Can't you just get the principle of the thing. You yeah. know what she means. You she's, know what she means. She's hungry. She just wants some jerky, you right. know, and, all and, this and that's what stuff. this guy was saying. You said, this is what Jenner's saying. Jenner is agreeing with us. He's agreeing with our position. So why would you, why would you shut out a, a potential ally? Why would right. you, why would you be divisive when this guy is agreeing with us? And my whole point is he's not agreeing with us. And you, what's happening is you are slowly being converted to the right. other side and you don't even know it. Yep. You're, you are going over to the other side. Yep. That's what I said too. And I've seen that too with, with toddlers who's, who wear the pants. They become the ones in charge slowly because none of the adults have any courage enough to, to stand up to them and say this far and no further, not an inch further, mm-hmm. not a bite further. You will go this far and no further. And that's when you're being petty. Eventually, the just kids one will take over. Eventually, the kids are the ones who are in charge. And then people are like, well, how do we get here? I didn't. Why are why are they so spoiled? We got here one bite of beef jerky at a time yeah. or deer jerky. Yep. That's how it happens. And I described that. I was actually not even talking to that particular guy in the thread. I was talking to somebody else. But I said, the, the issue is that, you know, we, we need to be careful about which snakes we allow to whisper in our ears because we'll, we'll surprise ourselves with how quickly we go from, oh, we agree to disagree about this thing over here to suddenly not disagreeing at all. We're right. agreeing about everything, right. and we've compromised all of our principles. And, and then on top of it, what, now that we're agreeing with the serpent on everything, now we're telling ourselves that, that we're actually good people and, and we, that we are peacemakers. Right. You know, blesses other peacemakers. Hey, that's me. I'm a guy who I never fight with anybody. Right. Even even the axe murderer, even the guy, you know, even the child trafficker. You know, I can find ways to get along with even these people because right. I'm a peacemaker. Well, and they think what they're doing is what I used to do with like Milo Yiannopoulos, who was a, a gay conservative. And I would share quotes from Milo all the time. But the quotes themselves were things that I could agree with or principles that were true that did not have to do specifically with his lifestyle and also that didn't have incorrect words in the quotes themselves. Right. Like the quote itself is what I have an issue with. And so I, I don't know. It seems very simple to me. It seems obvious, but again, I'm the kind of girl that will take deer jerky right out of a toddler's mouth. So yeah, she'll squeeze their little cheeks and yank that piece of meat right out of their teeth. If you're going to be 
if you're going to be a person who speaks truth, we talked about this just a few weeks ago, you got to be careful with words. Words mean things. And if you're going to compromise what pronouns mean, if you're going to prom- compromise what he and she means in order to get along with uh, Caitlyn Jenner, who is because you think she's saying oh my goodness this is why we can't talk about caitlin jenner we aren't going to talk about it anymore because you keep calling him her and this is the problem right well that's that's why that's why it's a problem we can't we can't even even, talk about it i'm even trying i'm even trying to uh to be careful and i'm getting i'm even going to show you now how to pause this thing because my son's standing at the top of the stairs again and i can't let this go okay Okay, disciplined served. I am. I'm even trying to keep the pronouns straight. I'm even trying to use the correct pronouns, and I'm struggling mightily, as you've pointed out. I'm, I'm not even aware that I'm calling him her. Right. I don't even know I'm doing it. Yep. And that's why. That was my whole point. That's why we're not be, exactly. That's the whole point. That's why we're not being petty. We're, right. This is what happens. I'm intentionally trying to be careful, and I'm screwing it up. Everybody in the comment section was saying she, her, yep. too. And this is on Fox News, supposed conservatives, right. saying things. Like the guy said to me, I'm not calling him, I'm not calling any men she. I'm just I'm just not making a big deal out of it. Right. And it's like, yeah, but it, just give it a few weeks. You're going to start calling men she because right. you've decided it's not worth arguing over. Right, you you're, you're shrug your shoulders and you go. You can say that I'm being, <laughs> you can say I'm being a, t- a tyrant myself. You can say I'm the one who's making mountains out of molehills or whatever. And you can say I'm being dramatic when I say if you don't take the deer jerky out of your preschooler's mouth, they are going to be the ones stealing cars and, you know, running around with the wrong crowd in high school. I'm not being dramatic, though. That is the path that they're on. And you're going to have to decide when, you, when you're going to put your foot down. And ideally, if you're going to put your when, foot the, down. when they're small is when it's easier. That's your practice. You're supposed to start getting used to establishing boundaries and, and not allowing them to be crossed early on. And then by the time they're older, you don't have to fight as big of a war. But apparently what most conservatives want to do is wait until they've got like, I don't know, what transgender people like trying to teach their kindergartners in, in the public schools or it, Well, what? who knows? They, they may not draw a line there because they've, because as long as, as long as the transgender people in the kindergarten class are saying things like, <laughs> like this biological like, male <laughs> should not be allowed to participate to with as long as they're saying things that are contradictory, like, well, you know, people like myself shouldn't be allowed to teach small children. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> that was that was the reason it was difficult to write about it because it's so it's it it folds back over on itself immediately, and it's 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 confusing to keep it all straight. But yeah, I, I can imagine that there would be conservatives out there who would be fine with a transgender person speaking to teaching their children, as long as that transgender promised not to tell, not to indoctrinate them with their yeah. lifestyle. It's right? So dumb. Well, but they're out there. I guarantee it. I it's guarantee dumb. it. We're not saying I don't have anything against transgender people personally, and if they want to, if they want to live their life, they can live their life. But they can't. They can't indoctrinate me with their lifestyle what they don't understand is that the, it's already happened you're already sharing caitlin jenner's quote verbatim because you have been indoctrinated that's okay, the reason well, that you're dumb. sharing the quote it's dumb uh what was the other thing that you wanted to you about? wanted to talk about the Ouch. atrocious interview oh, on the Babylon right. Bee. I knew there was something else that we were going to talk about and I just wanted to talk about This was about. actually the thing that we that we was going to be the the focus of what we Deer talked jerky about. Okay. Was just I was thing. shocked. Shocked, I tell you, when she brought up Caitlyn Jenner. No, I brought up Marcy eating deer jerky, but that was why cuz I think I figured you would appreciate that analogy. That was just a few days ago, so. Mm-hmm. It, it so it's relates. okay to be divisive. That's the yeah. That's the uh, end of this discussion. Well, if you want, if you want future unity, if you would like future unity, you have to be divisive up front with the people who are actually causing the disunity, which is Correct. the rebellious ones, Correct. the rebellious just people. Because, just because you're calling, just because you are noting the division doesn't mean that you are causing the division. Right. I didn't cause it. I said no, which I was perfectly within my right to do. And uh, Correct. But there would be some people <laughs> who would say you're saying no is what caused the division. Right. Yeah, yeah, those are the people whose grandkids are probably going to be out of control someday. <laughs> those are the kids. Yeah, they're all, all their kids are going to be in jail, and uh, 
and it's going to be the policeman's fault for yes. Just not, why? Why not just let it go? It's just a, it's just shoplifting. It's just I wanted, a sweater. I Walmart has talk, a lot of them. No, we're done. We're done talking about Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Elon Musk and the Babylon Bee inter- interview. All right, go ahead. Because for some reason. Everybody, it was awesome, wasn't it? Everybody is saying how amazing it was. <laughs> it was the greatest interview that has ever taken place. As far as I can tell, like everybody is just really starstruck and they're glad that a really rich, That's famous guy was on the Babylon Beat. It was a podcast. It was the greatest podcast ever produced. The actual conversation was like painfully awkward. <laughs> but Peach, it had the richest man in the world on it. I haven't seen anybody tell say anything. Like everybody's being positive, but nobody has actually said exactly what they're so positive about, except I've heard, wow, Elon, I'm so pleasantly surprised by how articulate Elon is. <laughs> and that's like the last word that I would have used to describe his conversation. <laughs> so what is what is going on? If it really... If it wasn't the greatest podcast that's ever been produced, then what's going on here? Why? Well, they're using him for why his name. Is everybody. They're using his star power for clout. Like, it's cool that somebody who's as noteworthy and has got the name recognition that he does was, you know, he willing. He built a rocket, you know. He was willing to come on the Pavlon B and throw them a bone. A rocket. But everybody is like thinking that because he's a tech guy and he has a lot of cool inventions that he's got stuff to say to people who are Christians who write satire. And it's like the the quote that they, what is it? I'm going to have to look it up. Something about cancel culture. Uh, he said something that was vaguely conservative about cancel culture. Right. And I'm like, why is this well, being plastered was, on like seven different backgrounds and shared a hundred times? There's nothing groundbreaking about this. There is something to the idea that if you are a famous person and if you are a rich famous person, and a lot of times famous and rich go together. Yes. Frequently they do, uh, at least in Western nations. But if you're rich and famous, then everything that you say is important and correct. And right. so if, you're, if, if Elon Musk called us up, as he could do, because I imagine he's got the technology to find our phone numbers, mm-hmm. he called us up and said, I want to be on your podcast. We would not turn him down. Well, that's not we would how not it say, Elon... We have nothing to say to you. No. We don't think you're interesting. No, I would be fine to have an interview with him, but at the same time, like, would it be worth, would Would I be honest enough at the end of the conversation to go, yeah, that was super awkward, and, and we didn't even really say what we meant because we were so busy falling all over ourselves, like kissing the ground that he walked on, or... You know, can I be proud of what I've put out here? Like, would I? That's the question. It's I like not, the way you shifted the kissing from what people normally say to the ground that he walks on. That's because this is a PG. Yeah, there's no need to podcast. Right. Here's you the dropped quote. it down from where it normally goes to the to the ground that he walks on. Here's the here's the quote that keeps getting shared. At its heart, wokeness is divisive, exclusionary, and hateful. It basically gives mean people a shield to be mean and cruel armored in false virtue, Elon Musk. Right. And your and point I is... I don't disagree with that. Your quote. point is that many people have said similar things, yes. but they are not Elon Musk, so right. it hasn't gotten the same My notoriety. My point is, if anyone else that they had interviewed said that... It would not have become a meme. It wouldn't be put on a fancy background with a bumblebee underneath it right. so that everybody could see that this is associated with the Babylon Bee. There's nothing there to be proud of because it's, it's not that earth shattering. Okay, it's not right. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. But it's not. It's not anything that hasn't been said before by people less famous and even more eloquently. I would yes. say there are ways that it's been even more compelling because there've been like examples or or analogies that have been brought in. There's there are more poetic ways. Yeah, it's to pretty say wordy. That. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's just. If, if we're being critical of Elon, I thought that's what we were doing. I thought we were just division being exclusion. It's divisive, exclusionary, and hateful. Okay. How so? What do you mean? What's an example? You know, but what I said... Again, he's not wrong. What I said to you is it seemed obvious to me watching it that like these people don't know each other and that they were thrown into a room and it was their first conversation. And when you have the first ever conversation with a person, 
How does that generally go? It goes weird because you don't know what to talk about. You don't know. You don't have your roles yet. You don't know. You don't know for sure if you're where where this person's threshold is for. Okay, if I if I joke with them, are they going to be offended? Are they are they going to go with it? Are there right? And we've had this we've had this conversation. We've had these circumstances under podcasts. Not every single podcast that we've recorded, Carl, has been released to the public. We have. Most of them have, but we do have a few podcasts that we haven't released because they didn't go very well. There were there were guests that just didn't quite gel with. Uh, well, they didn't specifically, gel. we had one guest who asked us not to re- release. Yes, the we've podcast. had that happen too. I've had two. I've had two guests that have asked me not oh, to release the podcast because they weren't comfortable after looking back and trying to remember what was spoken about. They were like, "Ooh, I hope I didn't cross any lines. Right. I'm, I'm afraid I might have. So let's just start again." Right. And then the next time that things were recorded. It wasn't as interesting. And exactly, it as because deep. it wasn't as true. It was guarded It was guarded, and, it was guarded and it was awkward, right. Yeah. And so that's what happens. Like the first time you have a conversation with a person, it's all very, very uh, guarded, and people don't really know. They don't know each other yet. And so to me, it was obvious that that was what was going on. And it was also obvious to me that Elon Musk is the kind of guy who is used to talking and doing all the talking without any buddy pushing back or, or interacting with him. Right. He does a lot of talking basically to himself. And um, so conversation was not, there was no back and forth to speak of on this Babylon Bee uh, right. podcast. It was, it was Elon would make a statement and everybody would kind of nod around the table. Yes. And then he would make another statement and everybody would kind of nod. And they'd try, they would try to in, include or insert their own like very dry very sarcastic yes. humor, yes. and it would just not go well. Because sarcasm is a thing that you have to be, if you're going to do it in a conversation, you have to be talking to somebody who understands sarcasm and uses it themselves. Otherwise, you come off just looking like, you either come off looking dumb or you come off looking mean because right. you're you're basically picking on somebody who can't, who can't defend themselves. And I don't necessarily think that, like when I see somebody who's trying to joke, and the joke is getting missed. I don't necessarily think that that person is dumb or mean. I think, oh, they're talking to a person who doesn't get jokes, and that's that's what this seemed like to me. Everybody, right? I'm not saying I'm saying that you perceived as that person is dumb, or you're that perceived by other as being people mean. who don't understand humor. But I'm that's, not saying that's what it's it like is. Everybody who's saying positive things about this interview with Elon, they're saying one of three things. They're saying that's really cool that he is a fan of the Babylon Bee. Right. Okay. They're saying he's really articulate. I, I'm so surprised by how articulate he is. What they mean is, I didn't expect him to say things that could pass for conservative. Okay, so that's number two. He's all, he's articulate, and I don't think that that's what they mean. They're, yeah, they're they're shocked to find a billionaire who's not a leftist. Right. Yeah. If he's not, which I'm not even convinced that he's not. I'm not sure that he is either, but, but he doesn't say openly lefty right, things. Right. He said something. He said the word wokeness in a in a paragraph that was meant to be, you know, which negative. Which is similar woke, to, so. to the phenomenon with Caitlyn Jenner, where there it's you like go. You're, I'm saying he's saying a thing that I agree with. Therefore, therefore he's m- one of he's, me. He's, he's incredible. One of us. Yeah. So that's number two. He's, he's so articulate. And number three um, is I. I'm so surprised at what a great sense of humor he has. <laughs> I kid you not. I haven't heard that one. There are multiple, many multiple people. So did they did they interpret his dryness as as sort of a no? Uh, they interpreted a, a dry the fact wit? that there were people who were funny in the same room who occasionally said something funny, and everyone else around the table laughed as him being part of the of the joke. Like right. they thought that he was there amongst funny people, so therefore he must have a sense of humor too. And I'm like, was anyone listening to any of the actual? setups punchlines no probably not they didn't notice no. that elon himself was not cracking jokes so much as he was saying awkward things and then everyone would laugh uncomfortably like that's not the same thing because <laughs> you have to you got elon musk sitting at the table saying things if he's trying to be funny everybody's going to pretend to laugh right because right. he's got billions because of dollars peach you and can't not laugh at his jokes it just turned me off and and the thing is <laughs> I the reason this even came to my if attention. If a billionaire tells a joke, you laugh. Everybody knows that. I never laugh at your jokes. Everybody knows. I that. am not a billionaire. I don't. I would not at all. If I had a billion dollars, you would think I'm funnier. No, I would just yes, think you, you were would. even more annoying. <laughs> if I had two billion dollars, I would be hilarious. I will tell you who was who I appreciated hearing talk about this: Doug Tenaple and Ethan and Ethan Nicole. Nicole. 
who apparently no longer works Formerly at the Babylon with Bee. the Babylon Bee. Who knew? I didn't know. It was a full month after he was fired, and I didn't even know that he had been fired until you sent me that interview. And I saw that on Gab, so it's not public information by any stretch. Well, it's, you can go a, see it. It's a very obscure... If you go to Doug Tenaple's podcast, you can he- see that he interviewed Ethan... It's and a miracle that Doug Tenaple's even able to put out content anymore. He's been blocked on virtually every <laughs> platform that exists. That's because he's really dry and really sarcastic, and he doesn't care. Like, he, he so thoroughly no, he doesn't seem that to care. brand yeah. that the thing that he was talking about was how if I had been the one interviewing Elon, yeah. you know, I would have said this. Oh, uh, he was grinding on Ethan. So bad. Like, he was so annoying. Yeah, but that interview you did was trash. It was, it was trash. garbage. It was so bad. So bad. Nobody has ever wasted an opportunity quite like you guys wasted an opportunity. <laughs> Just, like, uh, over and over. Yeah. And come to find out, like, according to... According to Ethan, um, Elon asked them to release the entire interview for free, even though they usually have a subscriber right. portion. Right, and Doug said, did you tell him, hey, you do business your way and we'll do business our way? Right, right. Doug was Which like... Was, that was fantastic. Right. That's what they should have said. Hey, yes. hey, Elon, why don't you just run Tesla and right. we'll run the Babylon Bee? Elon, you're, you stay in your car lane and we'll stay in our... <laughs> You stay in lane. your in your uh, HOV lane, and we'll. Hey, your self-driving car just came over into my lane. You right. might want to take it back over there. Right. Yeah. But that, they didn't. They didn't. Do, yes. Yes, Mr. Musk. Of course, Mr. Right. Musk. And he was teasing them for that. He was saying, Doug was saying, you know, that's totally beta. That's totally the kind of thing. Like a sniveling <laughs> coward would would. Did he say beta? I don't remember that. Yeah, he did. did he? he totally did. He called them cowards. He said that they're all. They're all more worried about appearances than they are about actual truth. And they, they showed their true colors when they went from, they used to be edgy. Babylon B used to be edgy and they used to say what they thought was true because, it, or what was funny because it was funny and because yeah. it was true and not because well, some billionaire well, wants them to. And now well, all of a sudden. Well, funny. Elon, according to Ethan, Elon's words to them were, you should release this, the whole thing for free because I, I did it for free. Mm-hmm. And so you guys should do it. And it's like. That's hilarious. A guy who's worth $300 billion, it's it's like, he does everything for free, right? I mean, who, who could afford to pay Elon Musk whatever his thing would be? Like, like what would he what would he expect to be paid for going on uh, the, the Babylon Bee? I don't think that that is important. It's, think, impo- it's important to me. I think so. that I think that he It's was important doing, to me, so you can dismiss it if you want. I think but. that he was doing what children do, where they're like, it's already wet. The, the beef jerky, the deer right. jerky is already wet. And it is it is a good point to some people. He was saying it because it works. Because if he says that to anybody else in the country, they go, oh, he makes a good point. They're like, <laughs> He's so articulate. He's so articulate and funny. And he did it for free. <laughs> it's true he did it for free. How can we try to make money off of this content when he how, isn't How dare money? we? How dare we employ capitalism? And, and how dare we try to talk about finances with a guy who's worth so much more than we are? Right. How should we? How should we talk Apparently, about business? Apparently, this is how rich people do it. And so, if I want to be rich someday, I should just let Elon control this, both the conversation and the what we do with it after it's been recorded. Right. So, so yeah, I'm just kind of disgusted with the whole thing. Mostly disgusted with the people who are watching it and going. Wow, this is brilliant. He's a genius. It's just I'm so glad to hear from him. And it's like, what part of this? would be genius if you didn't know it was coming from Isn't Elon that Musk. Isn't kind of the state of all of our, or many of our conversations now in the culture, though, that we've, we have this sort of uh, pleasantness that we just assume about everything, and we look at it with, don't we have kind of rose-colored stained glass, or rose-colored glasses on with, uh, when, it, when it comes to these kind of, conversations anyway where everybody just kind of goes in assuming that well like elon musk is going to have uh good things to say he's going to have smart things to say and so rather than actually analyzing what it is he is saying we just go yeah it was really it was really great no people only do that when it's a billionaire they don't have rose-colored glasses about anything else you don't think they have a you don't think they have rose-colored glasses about their uh about this podcast no, I you think, think people listen to this podcast and evaluate it based on content. It's tribalism. Versus... It's pure tribalism. It's people who go well, in. That's what I'm saying. Like, is Carl, Carl's part of our tribe? Do you think he listens with discernment? I have no idea. Mostly people aren't listening to this podcast, so <laughs> it doesn't. It's not really very. It's very. It's not very hard, or it's not very way easy to, to gather way data. Way to totally ignore the. Uh, 
the spirit of the question, it's but go ahead. It's not very easy to, to analyze the data on here, but yeah. No, if, that's true. If, we don't even know how this podcast is doing. If we said something, if I were to just say. Well, I've been on the Babylon Bee. Well, right. So was my interview of more uh, substance than Elon Musk's? Um, it could have been. <laughs> there were, they didn't even, okay, so the CEO of the Babylon Bee decided he was going to go and be part of that interview because Elon Musk was going to be on it. Right. He didn't show up when you were being interviewed. No, he did not. He's not interested in that. No, I, well, I'm not at, a billionaire. He wants to be at the same table with Elon Musk right. because his values are rich matters more than content. Rich right. person matters more than content. And um, Kyle Mann also was not on your episode, not on purpose, but he had car trouble. And you had already flown out to California. Mm -hmm. And so it was just you and Ethan, and Ethan who was drugged up. Who was because on he had drugs a, because like, he had painkillers in him. He had a, a heart. Hurt his leg. Or his a, knee. Uh, what do you call it? Blood clot. Yeah. He had a blood clot in his leg. So. That was not the ideal circumstance for my no. podcast. And but. and it was like, very obviously, get this over with. You know, let's just do what I'm we I'm in a lot of pain. This guy flew all the way out here. So we got to do something. It wouldn't be right to just send him packing. Right. And and there were quotes from that which were more quotable than, oh, wokeness is divisive, exclusionary, and hateful. <laughs> there is no reason for that to be... The only reason this even exists on the internet as a picture that I can keep referencing is, is because, because it's, it's got Elon Elon's Musk. picture on it. That's it. He didn't say anything revolutionary. He didn't. So what should, maybe the Babylon Bee should take some of my quotes and put Elon's face on them. Uh, like which? I don't know. I can't even remember what I said on the podcast. But uh, So your point is that the the rules change when a person is more famous and rich. Right. I think that people, I think people give them more of a benefit of the doubt and are looking and assuming, looking for and assuming that there's going to be more interesting things said by those people. Right. And I think that, that you should give him credit where it's due. I think that when it comes to, a, if he's going to have a conversation about electric cars or if he's going to have a conversation artificial about intelligence, robots, I can't really contribute as much to that as he could. Mm -hmm. However, there's also something to be said about the fact that I think that he's on the autism spectrum and he became rich and spent so much time doing this one tiny little niche thing mm -hmm. that he never learned how to socialize with people. I think that's valid. And I think another person would have I, to. I think that's valid, not just with, with Elon Musk and the tech industry, but I think that's valid across the board. I have made note of the number of times that celebrities, actors, will go on to actors and uh, and athletes and musicians, yeah, will go on to a talk show. They'll go on a late show to be interviewed, and some of them are wonderful. Some of them are right. are are they usually conversational. become analysts later. They'll become hosts at the Grammys, or they'll become right. like sports desk, you know, analysts right. later after and, retirement. And some of them are dreadful. Yeah. Some of them do not have any idea how to how a conversation is supposed to work. Right. And you can tell you can you can tell the ones that are that are genuinely able to interact with human beings versus the ones who are, are just used to, like you say, they're used to reading a script and, and memorizing lines and uh, standing on their mark when the cameras roll. And, and they're good at that, but, but they're, but they're so ultra focused and their success comes from doing that, not from interacting with human beings right. in a particularly interesting or competent manner. Right. And Tabby said, my sister Tabby said that she heard an interview with Elon once where he divulged one of his worst first dates. Like mm -hmm. in college, he, he said he was really awkward and that he had to learn that not everything that he finds interesting is something other people find interesting, which is all valid. Well, there you go. Right. I would have I would have enjoyed a conversation about that. That's yeah. Obviously, some work has been done there. That but what he said was he went out with this girl. He managed to convince this girl to go out with him. And the first thing he says to her when they sit down at the table at the restaurant is, so, do you ever think about electric cars? <laughs> and she was like, no, no. I never do. This is the first time in my life I and have ever thought about. And then he proceeded to spend, you know, 40 minutes just telling her just this deluge just of everything he knows dumping, about electric cars. doing a brain dump about electric cars. Which was a lot cars. of things. And they never went out again. They didn't, huh? Yeah. that's According to Tabby, that was the story that she heard. And 
And I'm like, that. see, that makes sense to me. But to me, I think it's tragic if a person ends up getting really, really rich and famous as a result of this love of electric cars and never does figure out how to talk to people about anything No one in their life ever comes to them and says, hey, you know this thing that you talk endlessly about and is super fascinating? Not everybody's as into it as you are. Right. And that's okay. It's okay. We still like you and we still want you around. You just need to be aware that you're going to have to dial it back a little bit if we're going to play cards, for example. Right. Or if you're going to go on somebody else's podcast and they are usually a humor podcast and you know that when it comes to humor, that that things don't always click real great for you. Yeah. Somebody in the room is going to have to have the guts to say, ooh, let's address the elephant in the room before we continue. Let's not just keep pressing on for trying to spare everyone's feelings. Like it's worse the longer that we pretend. Well, it can't, it can't work. If you've got a person who is the interviewer and it's a, it's supposed to be a humorous, lighthearted podcast and that person doesn't have a well-developed sense of humor, it's, it will not work. You're going to have to, from the get go, you're going to have to say, okay, this is going to be a little different podcast than what you may be used to. We're going to do it a little differently than how we normally do. We just met this guy five seconds ago. We haven't even really shaken hands with them. You know, at this point, we are very, we are virtual strangers and we're literal strangers. Yeah. And so what you're seeing is the first ever conversation. And from the get go, you just announce to everyone how awkward you expect it to be. I wonder, now I didn't see the whole podcast, I'll admit that, but I wonder what would have happened. Did did they do the thing that they normally do at the end with their guests where they have like 10 questions that they ask them and they get the response to that? Like favorite. That's usually the subscriber part, isn't it? Right. Did they do that with Elon? I don't know if they did or not. They, I know that they were told afterwards they couldn't release it separately, that they had to yeah. just release well, the Well, I don't know, thing, but, but that would have been, that would have actually been a way to start, you know, with, with a, uh, with some sort of a, Right. Let's get to know you right. quiz. What's your favorite? Play a game or yeah. something. Pie or cake, don't... which is it? And you know, and th- those sort of questions are harmless enough and you can get into They said things like they took subscriber questions, like or they took questions from people who are, you know. Yeah, but p- the, the subscribers are going to ask questions about electric cars. No, no, no. What I'm trying to say is that they took a question from a subscriber who said, "Hey, could you do us a solid and just accept Jesus as your savior real quick?" Which was obviously meant to be like that kind of a question. Lighthearted, it's a joke. And it totally fell flat. Yeah, I saw that. It was bizarre and nobody, like contextually, nobody was on the same page as far as, well, the Babylon Bee guys laughed. The Babylon Bee guys laughed because they understood what was going on. But that that made it awkward for Elon. And it also set a bunch of... uh, evangelicals on edge too because now they're they're all mad at the babylon b for not bringing elon to the throne of of god during that interview right what you're saying though is that they should ask questions like that that are meant to be lighthearted, and that's what that was it was meant to be lighthearted. and the right. problem is you've got elon musk who who knows might be on the autism spectrum and then a bunch of evangelicals who are obsessed with like tracts and the romans road and gospel like the gospel to them means a very specific speech. Correct. And so now you're trying to make both of them happy. You've got a bunch of awkward people who don't know how conversations are supposed to work, who don't have a lot of friends, and they're trying to tell you how to handle this interview. And it's right. just a it's a train wreck all the way around for that well, reason. Well, I don't know that I'm trying to make them both happy, but I do I do stand by the fact that if you had asked questions not about salvation or or the biblical right. doctrine, but if you'd asked benign questions about his favorite color i don't i don't think that that would have worked because he wouldn't have understood that it was meant to be lighthearted. he would have looked at you with just as much discomfort as a person who got asked would you do me a solid it had been like it's been like my question about uh which breakfast cereal is your husband and i i'm trying to tell you i've worked with people who have autism like they it is not it does not compute as a joke to them they immediately are on edge because it's like why would you ask me this why would you ask me a question like that i don't get it it doesn't make sense it seems just weird and it's like it is weird so what would what should they have done just acknowledge that it was weird acknowledge that it's weird and gone into whatever they also needed to interrupt him more because he would just go off uh, they would ask one simple question that was meant to be a, a you know, lighthearted uh, icebreaker like you're talking about, and he would go on it for 15 minutes at a time. Right. And that's what happens when you've got a, a person who's used to having the microphone and co-opting it and not 
actually interacting a with a person others. who feels pressure to fill the time because every time he would every time somebody else would speak it would put him on edge because he wouldn't know what was going to come next like right. what are they going to say and when you're an awkward person who doesn't understand that's social, it's how you maintain control you just right. keep talking just keep so talking. that no one else interjects something that's going to put you on a topic that you're not that you're not ready comfortable for. with right and so that's what i'm trying to say the person who asked the question about do me a solid would you just accept the lord and savior right we you or i would have taken that as a joke we would have laughed and it would have helped put us at ease right and everybody would be on the same page right but no, that's fair he stared off like right. he looked at each one of them like wait really seriously what Does should that, i do with this yeah i don't know what to do with that yeah. I, I didn't know that i was going to give my life to right and, and it's like they all started yeah. chuckling. Like the Babylon Bee guys had to start laughing before he even had a sense that maybe that wasn't totally serious. Yeah. But he still looked around like, is this a yes or it's a yes or no question? Well, and then they still went <laughs> and then he still went into he still had stuff to say about that that was sort of like on a like he, he gave some some sort of yeah religious yep. philosophy on the top of that and it yep. would just it made everything really worse bad. it made it, it worse so because bad. he takes everything seriously <laughs> right which is the whole problem you can't joke with a person who doesn't know how to joke so no. if you were to say things like no you can't what's your favorite color he would look at you he w it's not like he would even try to answer and again this is speculation he would go this is irrelevant why right. are we why are you asking me this question i don't know uh, he would sense that there's a reason that you're asking the question, but he would, would not be why. able to comprehend right. why you would ask would a thing like, like that. This is a bad why idea. you would ask a guy who knows so much about electric cars, his right. favorite color right. is... It doesn't compute. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And then he would start to feel uncomfortable and everyone else would start to feel uncomfortable recognizing that he's uncomfortable. So they would quickly abandon ship and abort the plan and become a thing that the Babylon Bee isn't just so they can accommodate the guy who feels uncomfortable. Right, right. And so, so what's the lesson here as we wrap up? That 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 is going to happen to Carl. That you're you're not probably going to be in a in a one on one interview with Elon Musk, but you will be in interviews or you will be in conversations with people who do not operate on the same frequency when it comes to. It's just it'll be awkward. It's you can't help the fact that you're going to have to have a first conversation with somebody. Everybody you haven't yet met is a potential first conversation true in your but future. some people are are better at first conversations than others and you you will yes they are some people will encounter you you will encounter are going to be like us where you can pretty quickly I, ask us whether we like pie or cake and we understand what you're doing right but i would have thought that the that the interviewers of the babylon b would be pretty good at first conversations too they have first conversations all the time they with have first conversations with people who it's, are also it doesn't right it have doesn't a sense of humor. how good you are at communicating if your communication partner isn't also good at communicating i agree that's what i'm saying that you need to be prepared for the pos for the times when you're going to have a conversation with somebody who isn't on well, your frequency and the way that you can be prepared is to just accept that like i said it's going to be awkward like there are people who you don't necessarily have to record them and share them with all of your subscribers. <laughs> That's true. You don't and most people go, don't. You most don't people go, don't record their conversations guys, and put them out. Here's a meme. Like, share, pass this around <laughs> with your friends. Did you hear that we interviewed Elon Musk? Go watch it. Because we spend a lot of time putting it together and we don't want it to go to waste. We don't want to waste garbage. it. <laughs> it's trash, but you should go listen to it anyway because Elon Musk. It was Elon Musk. Was it good? It was it's Elon awful. Musk. Did he say a lot of important things? It was Elon Musk. Right. Yeah. They didn't say, it's not that I'm blaming them for having an awkward conversation with him. I'm blaming them for thinking it's something other people need to hear. Like. <laughs> right, right. Because it was Elon Musk. I still think if I was a billionaire, you'd think I was funnier. Thanks for visiting The Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.